Then this afternoon we'll be going straight to the Word of God. Second Samuel chapter 18 from verse number 19. Let us go there together. Now Ahimaaz, son of Zodak, said, Let us run. Take the news to the king that the Lord has vindicated him by delivering him from the hand of his enemies. You are not the one to take the news. Today, Joab told him, You may take the news the other time. You must not do so today. Because the king's son is dead. Verse number 22, the Bible says that, Ahimaaz, son of Zodak, again said to the Joab, Come, what may, let me run behind the Cushite. Joab replied, My son, why do you want to go? You do not have any news that you will bring reward. a reward. Then the watchman saw Another running, runner, and he called down to the gatekeeper. Look, another man is running alone. The king said he must be bringing a good news too. Verse number 28. Ahimaaz called out to the king. All is well. He bowed down before the king and his face to the ground. And said, praise to the Lord your God. He may be he has delivered up those who lifted their hands against the Lord my king. Verse number 32. The king asked Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? The Cushite replied, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up to harm you be like that young man. The king was shaken. He went up to the room over the gate and wept. As he wept, he said, Oh, my son Absalom, what, my son, my son Absalom, if only I have died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Today we are going further, you know, we are hearing about here, of course, Absalom has died. Hallelujah. Amen. Absalom has been killed. And the Bible said that one of the commanders who was there by the name of Joab said that, okay, it's time to send somebody to the king to go and report what has happened to the king. But the Bible revealed to us that there was a young man he was trying to protect, saying that there is nothing good to report this time. It must not be you who go to report this news to the king because there's nothing to report. This, there's nothing, even though this looks like it's a victory, even though this is a victory that, uh, to the camp of David that his enemy has fallen down. But there was no good news to report because the enemy was the king's son. Hallelujah. Amen. The enemy was the king's son. The enemy was Absalom. That even though he was going to report, Joab knew very well David that David is not going to celebrate this victory. 
David is going to cry over his son. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. At the same time, he's trying to protect. Hey, Zodak, saying that, don't go, please. I'm trying to send this one. This one must be the one to go and report. Don't be the one who got to report this bad news. But Zodak did not want to listen. Zodak, even though he was trying to be protected, Zodak wants to be the one who goes to tell the king, the king, hey, we have won the battle. Listen to this one. You know, the battle was won. According to David, how, the, how he wanted these things to go. He wanted that the battle must be won. But he wanted Absalom to be saved. Why did he wanted Absalom to be saved? He wanted Absalom to be saved because Absalom was his son. No matter what this son has, has been doing, he was not holding this thing against his son. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. There is a heart of a parent. A heart of a parent, no matter what you do, no matter what a child becomes, a parent does not disown completely the son. Because a father knows that this is my blood. This is my son. This is my child. The real father always cares about what? This own child. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. The real father does not disown. Does not disown. The father always have the special place for the son. I want you to get that one. You know, if you understand this principle is that if God be your father, if Jehovah be your father, no matter what you do, there is nothing that can separate us from God. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. The enemy has been trying. The devil has been trying that we may sin against God so that we may be separated from God. But to tell you the truth, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. God does not love us because of what we have done. God does not love us because we have been good. No matter whether you have been good or you have been bad, God loves you. Let me tell you this. God loves even a Sangoma. God loves even a devil worshiper. God loves everyone, not because of what they've done. Maybe they could have done so many bad things that God does not love. They could have done many things that when God looks at them, God is not proud of this son. There's somebody's phone here. I don't know whether this is a loudspeaker or what. Please. Hallelujah. Amen. Then God loves us not because of what we have done. No wonder the Bible could say, the Bible said that in the book of John chapter 3 verse number 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believe upon him can be what? Can be saved and have everlasting love. God loves everybody. You know, I want us to understand this. And I, I wish everybody in the whole world understand this. That God loves us 
unconditionally. He does not love us because, because look here, relationship between the father and the son. Absalom have been a bad boy. Absalom have done so many bad things. Absalom was chasing his father to kill him. But the father still have the, that, that bond to say that Absalom, no matter what is my son. Remember also the prodigal son. The prodigal son who have asked for everything. After when he was given everything, he went out and squandered everything that was reading about a few days ago. But the father, when he sees the son coming back, he still ran and hugged the son. Not only ran and hugged the son, and he also throws the part. Party, I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. I don't know who's that person on that phone there on the other messenger. Then what am I trying to say to you? God loves us what? Unconditionally. If that sangoma, if that robber, if that thief can even repent today, God will still throw a party. God will still celebrate and say that my son who was lost has been found. God will never count the sin that this son has committed. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. According to David, David wanted Absalom to repent. Even if he could have lost the battle and Absalom could have said, Hey, my father, hey, I did not know what I was doing. Something's like something entered me. I'm sorry from what I'm done. I'm telling you, David could have still welcomed Absalom back like he have not done something. Actually, it has happened before. Remember, Absalom killed Amnon. He killed Amnon and he left. But when Joab came and said that, hey, the young men want to come back and you forgive him. Ah, indeed, he forgave him and he came back to be the son again. Because to tell you the truth, there is a bond between children and the parent. There is a bond between the children and the father. And that is the divine bond between us and God. God is not counting your sins. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. It is the devil who's counting your sins. The devil is the one who, who tried to lead us to sin. After when he lead us to sin, he will remind you, hey, you, 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 you forgot. Yesterday you were lying. Hey, you, you, you forget. Yesterday you were doing one. He's the one who's trying to lead us to sin. He's the one who's trying to count out your sins. But God does not remember what you have done 20 years ago. As, as far as God is concerned, the moment we call the blood of Jesus, the moment we plead the blood of Jesus, that wonderful blood of Jesus Christ has washed away all of our sins. And God has forgiven and God has forgotten. Then also it was David's wish that Absalom could have come and repent. Absalom could have second chance. Absalom, it was the father's wish who is David. But it's also the father's wish that all the sinners who are in the world all the people who are living for the devil, all the people who are doing the wrong stuff out there, they can repent and come back to him. He's, he has been waiting for them to come back. So is David. He was waiting for Absalom to come back. Unfortunately, hey, 
sin is dangerous. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Unfortunately, the young man was possessed and the demon that possessed Absalom wanted to kill him. The demon that one that was on Absalom did not want Absalom to live. He wanted Absalom to be finished. And this time, the demon has done its course to cause Absalom to be killed, to die before his time, to die when he does not want to, he doesn't have to die yet. Because he allowed the devil to do what? To possess him. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. And we hear, we see David crying for his son. Like to tell you the truth, God is not happy with the death of a sinner. That's what the Bible says that. He is not happy when a sinner dies a sinner. He is not happy when somebody dies without repenting. God is happy when somebody dies when they are born again. God is happy when somebody dies when they have repented. Knowing that their soul and their life is not wasted. Their soul is still going to be going to where? to heaven. But when somebody dies in their sin, it pains our Father in heaven. It pains God Almighty. Hallelujah! Because as far as God is concerned, God cares about each and every one who is called a human being. God loves a human being because a human being was created in God's image. A human being was created what? In God's image. Then it, it pains Jehovah when a sinner when a sinner dies and goes to hell. Then also it was the same thing. The Bible says that when David was there, when he, when he heard, that is all not only the victory that they got, but one of his sons by the name of Absalom is dead. He has died in his sin without repenting. He has died without coming back and repenting. Hey, David begin to cry. He said, oh, my son Absalom, my son is dead. He is now, hey, he is now crying as if, he is now crying as if Absalom was in good terms with him. Whereas Absalom was not in good terms with him. But just because he was a son. He was a son. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Absalom was a what? Was a son. There is a, there is a divine bond between parents and the children. He's a divine bond. That's why also if you are a parent, you must have this kind of a heart. A heart that forgives your children. A heart that forgives what? Your children. Because actually, you know, as a parent, you are... You, let me tell you this. As a parent, you are like a God. To your, you are like a God. Because to be a parent is like God has given you the responsibility to take care of somebody, to bring to this world somebody to this world. You are like somebody who brought somebody to this world. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. And as a parent, when you have brought that person into this world, you are responsible for that person. 
You are responsible to take care of the needs of what? Of that person because you are that person's what? Parent. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. If you are a father, if you are a mother, you are responsible. There must never be a parent who doesn't take care of their children. They must never be like that. Because as you, as you, Papa God is your heavenly father. That's why Jesus Christ, when he teaches disciples to pray, he says that when you pray, you must say, Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. When you say that, Our Father, what in heaven, what? He, he talks about as your Father in heaven, you depend upon him. He supplies your need. He takes care of you. And it must be the same with you. As it is the same with you, you take care of those who you have brought into what? Into the world. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. A parent who does not take care of their children, they don't know their responsibility. That's why the Bible said that you must respect your father and your mother. You must honor them so that what? It must be well with you because they are like on the ranks of being God. They are first level of being a God. I don't know whether you hear what I'm saying. Amen. As you honor your God, we must honor our parents. And as a parent, you must take care of those who have, God have entrusted you to bring them into this world. Then it is a primary responsibility of a father to take care of their what? Of their children. Hallelujah. Yeah. That even a day when that child is not doing something good like Absalom, Absalom was a bad boy. Absalom was very bad. But as a parent, we did not have we don't we don't have to reject them. We have to forgive them. As even our Heavenly Father, we want him to do what? To forgive our sins. We that's what we want. That's why we pray because we want what? We want God to do what? To forgive our sin. Imagine. One day you are praying and you're saying that, Oh God, forgive me my sins. And that day God is so angry with you. And God said that, No, I'm not going to forgive your sin. Where will you go? Where will you go? Hallelujah. Then also as a parent... You must have that room that, okay, no matter what, I've got the room to forgive my sons and daughter. I've got the room to welcome them back, not because they've done good, not because they behave, but because I've been entrusted with them. I have been given the privilege to raise them. I have been given a privilege to take care of them. It's the same way where you have to give them money. When you have to buy them toys if they are still young. If, when you still have to buy them clothes if they are growing. It's because it's your primary responsibility to be a God. And let me tell you this. God provide for us. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. That's why when you are praying in, our, in that prayer, we are saying that, Father, Father, give us our daily bread. Then that means a real parent who knows that I've been given a responsibility to take care of my children. We, we, another thing we provide for them. Willingly. Willingly with joy. Imagine God. Imagine God as a parent. And you are praying for him and you are saying, oh God, I need a job. 
Oh God, I need money. Oh God, I need a blessing. And when you are saying that I need a job, I need a blessing, and God is going like, hey, 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 again. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. How we relate with God, it must teach us how we must relate with our children. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. As much as you want to go as much as possible to God, depending upon Him for, for the covering, for the protection, for the provision, and you want to go and God enjoys it. Also you as a parent, enjoy to provide. Enjoy to protect. Enjoy to be a blessing to what? To your children. Without even saying, hey, again, are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. May God give us the grace to be good parents in Jesus' name. Amen. May God give us the grace to become the best parents in Jesus' name. Amen. To have the to have the courage, to have the ability, to have the heart that requires like David when he was a father to Absalom, where he could forgive when he have done wrong. And may God give us the good children who will not misbehave like Absalom in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say by fire, by force. None of my children will be an Absalom. My children shall be good. By fire, by force. In the name of Jesus. Because this is a midday service, and my day is blessed. My family is blessed. Our countries are blessed. Our careers are blessed. Our everything is blessed. Our countries are blessed. Say, I live in the blood of Jesus. I live in the fire of the Holy Spirit. No weapon fashioned against us shall prosper. I will not die before my time. I will never be poor in my life. Say, devil, take off your hand. From my day, 